This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Welcome back to the show, Nirvana Sisters family. Today, we are super excited to introduce you to Jenna Longoria, a.k.a. the period guru. Jenna is a board-certified functional nutrition practitioner specializing in women's hormones. She was listed by Huffington Post as one of the top 20 new health writers to follow in 2017. That's so cool. And her work has been featured in Mind Body Green, NBC, The Elephant Journal. She's also an author. Her book is The Period Solution 28-Day Hormone Balancing Guide. Through her virtual private practice, Jenna helps women reclaim their hormones and digestive health with a multidisciplinary approach combining functional medicine, nutrition, and diagnostic lab testing in her results-driven root cause program. She's a firm believer that the right diet and lifestyle can put any hormonal condition into remission. And I think that is super exciting. I I just can't wait to hear all about it because this is going to be so helpful for so many people. So welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today, Katie. Thank you, Amy. Happy to talk about hormones, periods, and anything else that we're guided to discuss today. That's great. Well, we usually start our um, show with our Nirvana of the week. So it's just a little moment that brought you joy. So I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to Amy to let her get it started. Sure. Well, my Nirvana this week might be similar to to Katie's because we had um, a baby birth in the family. So my cousin, Matt and his wife just had their first baby girl and they, um, we haven't met her yet, but they, uh, she was born, I guess like last weekend. So, um, it's just really cute to see them, you know, have a new little family. They had a little girl named Cora CC for short. And, um, it was just really exciting. I'm excited to meet her. We'll probably meet her in the next few weeks, but they got married during COVID and just had the baby during COVID. So it's just, um, interesting time, but yeah, it's just cute to see them with a newborn and all excited about parenthood. So that was my Nirvana and um, I'll pass it to you, Katie. Yeah, that's, I mean, definitely part of my Nirvana. It's so great to have another little baby in the family and like maybe the last one for a long time until like grandkids. Right. Or until they have a second, (laughs) until they have a second, which hopefully they do fingers crossed. But I also had a little moment of Nirvana this morning, about an hour ago. I, um, I'm just, I'm feeling really great today, physically, mentally, just having a great day, feeling like myself after being a little under the weather for a while. And after I dropped my daughter off from preschool, I just jammed out to one, my new favorite song in the car. I blasted it as loud as I possibly could. I didn't care that people thought I was an absolute idiot in the stops, <laughs> you know, waiting at the stoplight. And I just had a moment of euphoria I yeah. where I just felt the music in my body and my soul. And it just brought me so much joy and kind of, you know, woke me up and started my day. So that that. was mine. What about you, Jenna? Well, so for the week, right? Or is it today? Could be anything. Anything. Yeah. Uh, Well, I've, you know, I've practiced in a yoga shala um, for the first time this Wednesday. So I practice Ashtanga yoga in the mornings and um, before lockdown, it was like an everyday six day a week would practice with my community every morning, rain or shine six in the morning. And, uh, it was a little bit of soul crushing when all that closed, uh, during COVID. And so, uh, I just moved to Amsterdam and this Wednesday, I finally found a new home Shala and I joined the program and I practiced and it was just the best feeling ever to unroll my mat and just practice with people and, get all sweaty and, uh, leave and, um, feel great. It's just like the best way to start, start the day for me personally. So that was, I was really grateful for that to practice yeah. again with people in a community. That's, That's so great. Nice. And you're glowing. I can say you've got that <laughs> yoga glow. Well, I've never, what is a shala? You have to explain that to me because I'm a yogi, but I don't know this one. Yeah. So shala is like, um, a home for yoga. So when like the yoga scripture, the yoga, uh, uh, by the Hatha Yoga Pradikapa or um, Yoga Sutras by Patanjali, they call it a shala. So okay. it's like a, a home for yoga instead of a studio. It's like, I guess mm. the Sanskrit word, yoga shala. I love that. Okay, very cool. All right. Well, um, let's get right into it because we have so much to talk about. We've got a few quick fire questions for you. 
first, let's just start out with the basics. How long have you been a functional nutritionist and what were you doing before you became the fabulous period guru? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just such a crazy road uh, that led me here. So I've been doing this for about eight years now. And I, this is definitely not, wasn't, I didn't wake up when I was, you know, little and say, I'm going to be the period guru and I grow up, (laughs) but, uh, I actually originally was in, um, grad school in, uh, Washington DC at American university. And I was an associate producer for a political radio show. And that was like my first life, but I had horrible period problems and hormone issues, And they eventually just got so bad. And, um, you know, they started when I was 14. So I really think our pain is our purpose. You know, I always had issues, but at 14, I was put on the birth control pill to mask the issues. And turns out I have polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis. And I was just kind of trying to uh, stay on the birth control pill and just, you know, ignore my body. And then one day I just had this wake up call. I need to take care of myself. And I want to, so I, I did before I quit grad school and before I quit my job in DC, I, um, started to look into more into holistic, holistic modalities, got off the birth control pill. And then I realized that that's actually what I wanted to do. I wanted to share this with other uh, females because I knew that there was another way than just taking the birth control pill to solve every problem. And so I did that and I went back to school, became a nutritionist and have devoted my life to helping other women balance their hormones. And you have been practicing as the period guru for how many years now? You know, at first I was just a nutritionist uh, and I just, you know, my, my business was healthier notions. And I just was kind of, I, I saw, I just really, people were coming to me for the kind of common weight loss kind of thing. And I would always ask them about their periods. And uh, one day, one of my clients lovingly and jokingly said, you're the period guru. You know, you always ask about my period and they should call you the period guru. And I was like, ah, that actually clicks, you know? So about, I guess that was about four years ago. Now I completely rebranded and changed my focus to just serving women uh, and more about hormone balance became the period guru uh, because I, I realized that, you know, first of all, weight loss is just a symptom of inflammation and it's a symptom of an imbalance. So when I help my clients achieve hormone balance, fix their digestion issues, you know, optimize their gut, then weight loss is just a side effect. It's not something we're really focusing on. Yeah. That's, that's uh, actually really interesting that you say that. Cause I've had a kind of a personal experience with that recently, but yes. Okay. So, so you, you touched on it a bit. So you have endometriosis and PCOS Correct. Yeah. How old were you? I was, when you I'm were... one of the lucky winners. I get, I get both. <laughs> the double, right? Of course. How long, yeah. uh, when did you, was that in your teens that you realized? Well, you know, I never got a diagnosis until I was in my twenties because, um, when I was, I started menstruating around 13 and then at 14, I was just having these horrendous periods and a lot of, you know, those polycystic ovaries and, uh, the little over, you know, but they're not really cysts. They're, uh, their little follicles and large follicles, but I was having that. And the doctor put me on birth control pill. He was like, this will fix it. He never gave me a diagnosis or anything like that. And so as a child, I was, my hormones were cut off completely. And, um, I had a lot of side effects from the birth control pill. Like I really reacted negatively to it. I, I, I gained weight. I, I became depressed, uh, having that had crippling anxiety, then at 15, they had to put me on Prozac because of that. And it turned out that I'm not a depressed person, actually. As soon as I got off birth control pill a decade later, that all wow. kind of went away. Um, and so, you know, that's why when I got off the birth control pill, we were able to discover the real issue because it silenced the symptom. When I was on the birth control pill at 14, it got, yeah, okay, I didn't have painful periods anymore. I didn't have a period. So if you're on birth control, you don't have a period. You have a withdrawal bleed. So I wasn't having pain anymore. I wasn't having, you know, those issues, but I was having tons of other side effects. So when I finally got off of it, we were able to realize, oh, wow, you have endometriosis. So they see, you know, it's an average of 10 years to get a diagnosis. And that's absolutely true because I didn't get an official diagnosis until I was actually not until I was like 27. So more than 10 years, I knew, I knew when I got off the birth control pill and then, and started having painful periods, I'm like, I know I have to have endometriosis. Like, and the only way you can get, um, uh, official diagnosis is through a laparoscopic procedure. So they have to cut you open and they have to look. So, you know, that's a lot of 
that, that can cause scar tissue. That's a surgery, you know, so not everybody wants to have that diagnostic tool done. But when I was uh, on my honeymoon, when I was, I think, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, my honeymoon, I uh, had an ovarian cyst rupture and it was, it ruptured around my, uh, it hemorrhaged actually tore off a piece of my ovary Mm -hmm. and I had to go to the hospital in Thailand and get an emergency surgery. And when they were in there, they were like, you're riddled with endometriosis. You're absolutely. And I was like, that makes so much sense. I've already known this, but it confirms it. So, um, yeah, you know, and that's when I took really, I just knew that I had to figure this out because the only option I went back to the doctor, they're like, we'll just get back on the pill. And I was like, I don't want to do that. There has to be another way. That's Why like is it quick fix? It is yeah, in allopathic ridiculous. medicine. It's like, if you haven't had kids, but you don't want to have kids yet and you have issues, they put you on the pill to fix it. If you can't get pregnant and you have issues, then they immediately send you to a fertility clinic or want to give you Clomid or metformin or whatever. And then after you've had kids and you have issues, they just want to give you a hysterectomy. Like that's really the three top. It's wild. It's so true. Yeah. Have. Yeah. Western medicine. It's like, let's just, let's just put a bandaid on instead of digging deeper and seeing what the root cause of yeah. it is, which hence, there you go. Root cause program. Yeah. I assume that's. Yeah. <laughs> because that was I was told that I would yeah. never cycle naturally and never ovulate naturally. I was told that I wouldn't be able to start a family without lots of drugs and interventions. I mean, I don't have kids yet, but I haven't tried. Um, but I, but I ovulate regularly every month. I have pain-free periods for the most part. There's a few a year that maybe might be a little bit painful, but I'll take that from my periods every single month of the year used to just put me in so much pain, pain medicine did nothing. I would get nauseous because there was so much pain. I thought I was going to have to go to the emergency room. Um, so yeah, like it's possible in all of this, which is diet lifestyle changes, doing the right functional labs and supporting my body and giving it what it needs. So I can get back. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So you've been able to manage this all through what you were just saying, diet, lifestyle labs. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that journey? Because, um, Katie and I will talk later, but Katie has an autoimmune and other things. And I have things. So it's just interesting to hear like how you kind of get there. Um, and then we'll kind of take you through some of the experience that we've had. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, it's like Western medicine looks at everything in isolation. That's just how they're trained they're mm-hmm. trained to diagnose. And it's just a different type of medicine. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just, it, it's good when it's used for when it, when you need Western medicine, like if I was in a car crash or when I had a surgery, when my ovarian cyst ruptured and I almost died because it tore off a chunk of my ovary. I am so glad I had a surgeon there that was trained absolutely thrilled. Like it saved my life. Uh, but for the most part, when we're talking about preventative care or talking about um, nutrition and supporting our body before there's a disease, before it becomes like this severe issue, um, Western medicine fails us. And especially women, we are, we are grossly underserved in we are in, 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 in the health industry. Like if a man goes in and complains that his, you know, testes are hurting or his, you know, he can't have an, you know, he can't get an erection. They're going to like run every single lab under the sun on him. They're going to give him Viagra, which, you know, like they're going to just really take it seriously. Um, but a woman comes in and she complains of painful periods. Like I did growing up and they're like, we'll just take the pill or that's just part of being a woman. Um, which actually there was a research study showing they, they were measuring the pressure of, a of, of women who are having uh, period cramps versus the pressure on women when they were have contractions and labor. And I don't know the exact number, but it was something like, like 10 times more on these women's period, uh, cramps who had endometriosis. Oh, my so goodness. I, I have literally had clients who have told me that they, when, after they had kids, it confirmed that their worst period pain was worse than a contraction. They were like, my labor was nothing compared to my period pain. Um, and so it's invalidated, you know, our pain is invalidated in the doctor's office. So there's that, there's that like, you know, we're, we're missing, you know, we're not given the, uh, it's not given the attention it deserves going back to like what I did and how I supported my body is really just by kind of try stop going to the allopathic medicine. I was looking for something else. So insanity, the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing, right? Expecting a different outcome. So I was going to doctor to doctor and they're all telling me the same thing. And I was frustrated. And I was like, well, if I want Thai food, 
I'm not going to go to a pizza restaurant and get mad when they don't give me Thai food, you know, go to a Thai restaurant. So I was looking more into the functional world in which we look at systems and and, and, in, in functional medicine, we're looking at all of your systems together, not in isolation, not like just at the liver and the eyes and the ovaries and the hormones. We're looking at everything together and supporting that it's a mix of, you know, the right functional labs. So I find a lot of doctors, they don't test the right markers. They don't get adequate testing. Insurance doesn't cover adequate testing. So there's no way going to your conventional doctor that you're going to really dive deep and really understand what's going on with it, with your thyroid, with your hormones, because the testing is really outdated. Um, and then, um, and it's also just a moment in time. So like one day you could have something, but the next day you may not. Right. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, there are some, there, that's a whole nother thing. A lot of doctors don't understand the the timing of hormone tests. So I'll have clients that come in they're like, yeah, my doctor did all my panels and my progesterone's low. And I'm like, but they tested your progesterone on day five. Like, of course you haven't ovulated yet. Like, I don't understand. Like there's, there's a precise time to test certain hormones and there's, and there's a, uh, you know, so it's, and, and usually it, that, that doesn't happen when you go to just a regular OB. Um, and so with functional medicine, you te- you use the right labs, you test at the right time, you test the right markers, and you look at everything in a whole. And then you're also supporting your body through nutrition. So a lot with hormones, I will say, like especially polycystic ovarian syndrome, the number one thing you can do to make a difference is to change what you're eating, support mm-hmm. your blood sugar levels, because insulin is a hormone. And that's where it all starts. Insulin is a hormone. And if we have too much insulin, if we're insulin resistant, then there are going to be big problems with the rest of our hormones because it influences cortisol, it influences, influences your sex hormones. And so what's up with women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, most of them are insulin resistant. So when we put them on a kind of, you know, a lower carb nutrition plan, and we support them with enough protein and fat, uh, then their blood sugar balances and their symptoms go into remission. And so it really is about what you eat. And so supporting all of that, you know, that, and that's really what I did. You know, I just had to go, I, I, I was like a detective and functional health were detectives We're looking at everything. And I will say, I have not had one client who has come to me that has had a normal thyroid. Their doctors have said that they had their thyroid was fine. I've not had one client whose thyroid was actually fine. The worst case scenario, I had a, I had a, I had a client and she had been going to fertility, really like uh, in Orange County one of the creme de la creme of fertility clinics. Okay. Spent, I don't know how much money on how many rounds of IVF young. She was only like 29 and she comes to me and, and she's like, none of it's working. And I was like, you know, and so I, I'm like, we need a thyroid lab. And she's like, well, my, you know, my doctor has run these labs and I'm like, that's, you know, doesn't tell us anything. But then I did happen to look at one of it and it was her TSH. And it was like, the highest TSH level. I know I won't get too complicated in the test markers that I've ever seen. And I was like, your doctor has never asked for further thyroid testing after this, this TSH. I didn't want to alarm her, but I was like, after this TSH reading, she's like, never. And I was like, how many rounds have you had of IVF? She's like three. She had oh never gosh. had a proper, she had Hashimoto's, you know? And, and I, you know, I was like, we did more testing, found out she had Hashimoto's. I'm like, no, I cannot. That is a crime that they took her money her, her husband's money, let them do all these rounds of IVS, but never gave her a simple thyroid test to find out that she has Hashimoto's. And that's why she wasn't getting pregnant. Oh so as gosh. soon as we fixed that, literally the next month she got pregnant. Oh, wow. wow. That's amazing. I have Hashimoto's as well. And it's it, the yeah. thyroid. I know how impactful it can be. And also so many of these doctors, they say that you're, you're doing well, because your labs aren't maybe necessarily like in range, but not ideal and optimal. And I think that's also a big thing. Do you, have you noticed that in your practice? Yeah. I mean, I have definitely. So I use functional ranges, not conventional ranges. Conventional ranges are the aggregate of like the standard American. Um, so really what we want is functional, like right there in the sweet spot in the middle. And yeah, so most conventional doctors will use the, the conventional ranges it, and then they won't, they won't test all the thyroid markers that we need. As I said, they usually just test TSH, which is a brain hormone. It doesn't tell us what's going on with the thyroid. Sometimes they'll test total for, uh, T4, but that's something that I never test with my clients. Like, um, so in Hashimoto's, you know, it's very common. It's on the rise. I have Hashimoto's too. And, you know, there's, and there's also a usually when you have one autoimmune condition, you have more than one. It's like kind of this, you know, and, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome, there's a lot of research out there pointing that it could actually be an immune disease, which I, an autoimmune disease, which I, I'm kind of 
think that is is right. Question for you on that. So like something like Hashimoto's, I know a lot of people that have that and they take like medicine for it, Synthroid yeah. or whatever. Like since you have Hashimoto's, are you taking anything or are you doing more of like your functional strategy and not needing to take those type of medicines? Yeah. So here's the thing. I do think that it's overprescribed. I think medicine, I think thyroid medicine is overprescribed and it's used as like a, you know, it's, it's just like, okay, take this and fix all and not getting to the root cause. Why is your thyroid, uh, under functioning? Um, so about 80% of the cases of hypothyroid is actually Hashimoto's, um, they estimate. And, and, uh, so that's a lot of, you know, so it chances are, if you're listening to this and you have thyroid issues, you have an 80% chance that you have Hashimoto's. I've seen people with Hashimoto's reverse their symptoms and not have to take thyroid medicine. I see it in my practice with my clients, but alternatively, I see it too, where we reverse their symptoms, but they still have to take some thyroid medicine for, I don't know how long, because it is an autoimmune condition and their body's literally attacking their thyroid. And if their thyroid medicine actually works and that's winning, because there are some people yeah. with Hashimoto's that the, the thyroid medicine doesn't even work. Um, and so I do take a little bit of thyroid medicine, you know, it's the only pharmaceutical I take, but it's a glandular it's bioidentical. And, um, I'm just grateful that my body responds to it. And I don't, and it, I, if you right. did my blood levels, I, it doesn't even look like I have Hashimoto's. I have no antibodies. Well, and, and I'm sure all the other things you're doing is contributing to that. So it's really like the best of both worlds in a way. Yeah, it is. But every it is. And, you know, I'm like, I'm grateful for it. And I would like one day I'd like to get off of it. Um, and I, I'm, that's the end goal and working towards it. But I also accept the reality that that might not happen and just happy that it's here for me. And stable. And stable. Right? Yeah. 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 My thyroid has been unstable at times and now it's stable. And, and yeah, it's something to be very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny, Katie, cause she knows how to read all the labs much better than me. And I had a physical one year, it was a couple of years ago and my thyroid was like a little bit increased. It wasn't bad, but it was like increased from where it was. And I said to Katie, I'm like, Oh, the doctor said it's fine. She's like, yeah, it might be, but you should ask for X, Y, Z test. I don't remember what, it, what test it was, Katie. And so I went back and I asked for that test and they ran it and it looked really good. So I was thankful for that, but I wouldn't have even known as like a normal average person that goes to the doctor to even, even ask because the doctor said it was fine. But Katie, since she just is so deep and knows this world much better than me, she was like reading my labs and she's like, no, you should push on that. And I was so thankful that she knew that, but most people don't even know that. And so I think it's like being an advocate for yourself. And if something doesn't feel right, don't always listen to the doctor, like keep going further. Yeah. Listen to your body. Do you teach your, your clients that about self-advocating? Oh, absolutely. That's Mm -hmm. the part of the program. You know, when I work with my clients, like I always tell them, I'm not the gatekeeper to health. I'm just showing you the roadmap there. And so working with me in my program is a lot of that education based too, to have the tools so that you can be your own best health advocate moving forward, learn how to interpret your labs, read your labs and, and also speak up for yourself. Like, I love it when my clients are like, if I, you know, say, okay, I'd like you to do this, but why, why am I doing this? And I read something about this. I don't get offended. And like, why aren't you just listening to me? I told you, this is what you should do. And you should just, you know, that's what a doctor <laughs> sometimes does. You know, right. I'm always like, I'm so glad you researched that. And you have questions and you're advocating for yourself. You should always advocate for yourself like that in any, with any healthcare practitioner. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And I think that's a, one of the things that is wrong with the healthcare system is we go to the doctor and we treat them like gods, like everything they say is the golden rule and goes is like the truth. You know, a lot of times we know all the time, we know our bodies better than they do. Yeah, of course. It's interesting. My mom, she worked in uh, as a surgical nurse, worked with doctors her whole life. And she always say to me, they're also just humans. Like they, you know, they, you have to remember that what they say is that you have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's not always. Yeah. So I want to get into a little bit, some of the symptoms that the listeners should look out for be, you know, if someone's listening and it's all sounding very familiar to them, what would be some things to watch out for that would lead them to, you know, figuring out if they have endometriosis or PCOS or or just hormonal hormonal issues in general, right. right? Yeah. Well, I think the first step is you know being aware of your menstrual cycle and tracking your period your in your menstrual cycle. Uh, you know, your menstrual cycle is a whole event, so it's anywhere from twenty five to thirty five days. That's a healthy menstrual cycle. You should be bleeding anywhere from three to seven days. That's a healthy period. 
Um, you shouldn't lose more than 80 milliliters of blood. You shouldn't lose less than 25 milliliters of blood. You should have an app you're charting. Ideally, even better, you're tracking ovulation, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, tracking ovulation to see if you are ovulating. And then, you know, a lot of times with tracking your ovulation, you're tracking your basal body temperature that gives insight into your metabolism. So if you start having really low temps, that could signify an adrenal or thyroid issue. So it's a free diagnostic tool that you have every month. I mean, it's free. And, you know, by doing that, you know, if something's off, something goes off one month, that's not a big deal. It's normal to have one or two, you know, weird periods a year, but if you're having it like three months in a row, then that's an issue. And you should get some your hormones tested, investigate work with a practitioner. And so that would be the, my first, I'd say the first step is to, to look at your period because expect, you know, like women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, they might have two periods a year, three periods a year. So that's a really big sign if you're having irregular periods. In women with endometriosis, you can have period pain all every day of the menstrual cycle. It doesn't just have to be on your period. So noting down when you're having this pain and the symptoms and the sensations. Are there other hormonal conditions that you focus on? What about like um, like perimenopause and and things like that? Do you work with women in that realm also? Yeah. I mean, I would say perimenopause is a natural state and more than a condition. Like that's just a natural phase of life. Menopause is a natural phase of life, but there are some women who have really bad transitions. Their Mm -hmm. perimenopause symptoms are awful, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so I do work with women going through perimenopause, but ideally the, and those are the women who never address the period and hormone issues at a younger age. And that's why they're having really bad perimenopause symptoms. Oh, that's interesting. So the earlier you address these period issues, hormone issues, the more smooth your transition through perimenopause to menopause is going to be. I see. Because it's it's the root cause of these issues is not going away. You can mask it with birth control. You can mask it with whatever, you know, but it's going to be there later. At some point, you're going to have to deal with it whether it be when you're trying to get pregnant or whether it be during menopause, you know, perimenopause or menopause. Our listeners know this and I've talked about it a little bit, but I have vestibular migraines, which started to appear for me about five years ago or so, um, which is when I really started tracking my periods. But I am still convinced and have told all of my doctors that it's definitely related to hormones because I noticed that, I mean, I haven't had symptoms in a long time, you know, knock on wood, fortunately, but when I have had those symptoms, they're more dramatic right before I'm about to get my period. Mm. Like I get that dizzy sort of like vertigo yeah. feeling and all of that typically before I get my period. And it doesn't, it doesn't go away after it's still, but it's much less, but it's much more intense. So I kept asking, like, can you test and they test my hormones? Everything's fine. But then they I tested your hormones though. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Everything was fine. So then I went to a um, functional, like more integrated doctor. Yeah, and yeah. he tested my hormones within a specific time frame. I can't remember if it was, whatever it was past my period or before my, like 14 or 17 days, whatever it was. And that actually checked out at the time pretty good. So that was good, but I still know that it's related to some sort of hormonal yeah. issue. Yeah. He, he, he or she wouldn't have been able to figure out the blood test. I see that. I see that hormone issue with headaches related to the hormone cycle all the time, but yeah. a blood test isn't going to show the, show the way. So how do you test do it is very static. it's not a blood test? Um, I use a dried urine test with my, my clients at a specific time of the cycle. And it shows um, how the hormones are breaking down, metabolizing or not the different pathways yeah. It shows the different types of estrogen because there's more than just one and the blood test just shows like really static. Is that the markers. Dutch test? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I've heard of that. And that will show, that. especially with people that have a, a lot of migraines around menstruation or ovulation, the Dutch test will, is, is really needed to show uh, the estrogen detox pathways to, because there's a lot of uh, correlation between estrogen issues, um, histamine and mm. liver function but it's a very common, I'm not, you know, it's a very common pattern I see. Yeah. And the headaches um, and they're awful. I mean, it's just awful. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, yeah, it, well, I'm on medication for the vestibular migraines, but I would like to get off of it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, from a lifestyle standpoint, I think I'm doing all the right things, but who knows, I should probably talk to you off, offline and figure all <laughs> that out. But I would like to get to a point where I wean off of it because I don't obviously want to be on 
something forever, but it does help with the vertigo symptoms, which are like, mm-hmm. literally, if you have them, you can't function. So yeah, no, it's it awful. is helpful, but I would like to get to a point where I'm like really understanding. Cause I do track my period. Like I've always had, um, I mean, my periods have always been regular, but I would say they're between like 35 and 40 days mm-hmm. my whole life. So I started tracking everything. Another interesting slash random related thing I think was when I started getting these vestibular migraines five years ago, I also around that time was spotting, which I'd never spotted before. So I feel like it was all related. I'm not anymore. I mean, yeah. it's all kind of going away. I mean, a lot of it, I think too, was like stress and different things, who knows, but it's just really interesting. So that's when like my eyes opened up about this whole field, which I don't know much about, but I, ever since then I've been tracking my period. I have an app that like tracks the phases and all of those things, but it clearly I need to learn more. And I'm sure our listeners do too, because you sort of like, it is great that we do have a free diagnostic tool, our period. We know if we're getting it every month, we know how we're feeling. And you yeah. sort of, that's like your North star, you know, like, okay, I'm like a little bit moody. Cause I know I'm getting my period, but it's like your way to track everything. But other than that, it's like, it's hard to go deep if you're, if you're not really seeking out the right kind mm-hmm. of help. Katie, and it's, it's like great that you even knew it, it was great that you even had the awareness that you were like, Oh, I, these, these headaches become worse right before my period. I mean, that's yeah. huge that you even yeah. have that awareness. And the funny thing was back to your point about the birth controls, when this was first happening, I did get a lot of different tests done and spoke to a million different doctors that, but my OB was like, yeah, go on birth control. It'll, mm. it'll, it'll help. And I didn't, she gave me the prescription, but I never did it. Cause I was like, I don't want to go on birth control. So I just, yeah. you know, tried to figure out, you know, other ways, but you're right. It's, that's like the, the catch all. Oh, just go on this and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's true. The, my quick fix was surgery. They, I had such horrible periods after pregnancy that they suggested a hysterectomy and I was finished with having kids. And I also had other issues from having babies. So this is actually the first time I've mentioned this on the show. So that's, that was the route that I went with and I was perfectly okay with it. It took me a long time to come to terms with it, but knowing I was finished having children and just being able to remove some symptoms. I have so many symptoms from my two autoimmune diseases to be able to have my hormonal cycle, just a little bit more balanced out. It it, it was really a, a great move for, for myself personally, but I, that's, it's very drastic and evasive and someone that mm-hmm. isn't ready for that. And that's their suggestion. And their only fix is really scary and very sad. Um, and, you know, there are repercussions. I have uh, horrible scar tissue pain that I get that can be debilitating in my abdomen. Um, but for me personally, it, it, it was the right thing. I don't Try, know. Uh, some castor oil packs for your, uh, wearing those like three or four nights a week. For this what is it? That castor oil packs. They Queen of Thrones makes them these like ready-made castor oil packs, and uh, it's castor oil, and you put it on this like sheepskin like pat like a uh, wrap, you know, and you put it on and you wear it at night over your. Um, oh wow! You can wear it over your liver or over your ovaries and your uterus, and it breaks up scar tissue. So the oil gets through castor oil goes through all the layers of your skin, and it actually breaks up the scar tissue and increases blood flow to your. Uh, to that area. That's so. amazing. Thank you. That yeah. is the um, only definitely if you're I've having scar tissue pain, I would definitely get some castor oil packs and do okay. this. You know, you mentioned earlier, and I totally forgot you were talking about your ovarian cysts. And I had one when I was younger too, which I always knew about because they, you know, um, caught it during a regular visit. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying, when you get pregnant, you'll see that it'll probably get better, bigger, and it'll fill with liquid. So when I first got pregnant with my first child, they monitored it the whole time. And it got like, it was like tiny and it got huge, like to the size mm-hmm. of like a grapefruit. So I actually had it drained during my mm-hmm. pregnancy. And it was literally like two saline bags of fluid of what was in wow. there, filled right back up. And it, and it ruptured like late into my pregnancy. And I, speaking of the pain to your point, it was awful. And I was mm-hmm. pregnant. It felt literally like I got stabbed in the mm-hmm. side, but it ruptured. And I was so worried about it rupturing my whole pregnancy. Cause like they mm-hmm. said, that could have been a possibility. It ruptured. It was brutal, but then it went away. And for my second, I didn't have any pain. Like I always had this dull pain in my right side with my first child with my second I didn't have any of it because it ruptured. So it's just so mm-hmm. interesting how these things just happen yeah. and come and go. I mean, again, I was aware of it, but if I wasn't, I wouldn't have known what was going on. Yeah. And it's actually really common for women, a childbearing age to have assists once every few years or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's like a, what we call a functional cyst. It's very common. And then they can rupture with your period. 
Um, you know, a lot of doctors will say, just get on the birth control pill to shrink it. But, you know, a lot of times they just go away with your period when you start right. menstruating. And right. in my case, it, it, I was one of 1% of women where the, the cyst not only ruptured, but it went into torsion around my ovary and took off a chunk of my ovary. That yeah, only happens to 1% of women. Of that. Yeah. That was like oh. that I've had, I've had other cysts burst before rupture having it go in torsion was like having a thousand cysts rupture at the oh, same time. I don't even wow. know. And that's so scary. You weren't even in this country. No, it was like oh. so scary. My husband like rushed me to the hospital like an hour away to like the, a private hospital in Chiang Mai. And, um, it was, you know, and there was, there's some, there's really good healthcare outside the U S a lot of people think that there's not, but actually sometimes it's better and cheaper. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was fine, but yeah. I mean, so it is, so, you know, there's so much, but I, I'm, you know, you know, the pain of the, of the ovarian cyst and then doctors will say, get on birth control pill and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't under like the birth control pill to them. is just like, must be nice. It must be easy. And, you know, I'm just wondering, they should just have a recording doctors. Here's a prescription for the birth control pill. Like no matter who I comes know, in, like, right. do they really need the person there moving? We could just have like an avatar birth control, birth control. Right. Birth control. Right. Just hit and, the button. and to your point, like doctors, <laughs> whether it's an OB or your regular doctor, whatever, no one is asking about your period or they do it to check the box, but it's, they're not really going into the root no. cause of all of these things. They so only like, care if you're trying to have a baby, right? Trying exactly. to have a baby then they give, they care so much. They want to give, Oh, okay. Fertility panel, all this stuff. It's like, so I, you know, so I, you know, I remember before I could run my own labs when I was first kind of starting out, now I can get all my blood work and all my labs and stuff. I wanted to get a full hormone panel and I went to the doctor and they're like, well, why do you want this? And I, I was like, because I want to check my hormones. Yeah. Well, no, we can't give you that. I go. And then I just put on my thinking cap and I go, I'm trying to get pregnant. And they're like, oh, sure. Why did you say so? Oh, yeah. I'm like, you shouldn't have to be trying to get pregnant to find out what's going on with your hormones. It's not like we all, our health only matters when we're ready to host a child. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. What are your thoughts on these home? Um, like, I know there's a bunch of companies like Everly Well that do, that do um, different sort of home tests for hormones. Yeah. Is that because I think like being able to take it into your own responsibility is so, um, uh, empowering, like to be able to test the blood every month or not have to ask your doctor and have to rationalize it. Like, are those, Mm -hmm. would you recommend those home sorts of tests or what do you think about that? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, this is kind of a long-winded answer, but this is the best, like a three-pronged answer. But first of all, I feel like the, for like thyroid, I think that's great. I like, let's get checked for that. They have a thyroid test, you know, that's something that every six months, we should be checking our thyroid because it can change overnight. So every six months, check your mm-hmm. thyroid. If you have Hashimoto's, maybe every four months. Um, and it's so easy. It's like, you know, you can order it online. You take it at home. You don't have to faff about with your doctor and be like, I need the full thyroid panel, but no, all you need is TSH. No, I would like the full thyroid panel. No, no TSH. Uh, and you don't have to like hassle and are, you know, just like beg and plead with your doctor. Um, and so, but for blood th- thyroid is best with blood. So that's why I think that's great. Now, maybe mm-hmm. like a full thyroid panel, you know, through let's get checked or something like that, or Everly well once a year is great, you know, but what we really want to be testing besides the thyroid, what we really want to be testing more than the hormones is our gut. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody really wants to test the, the hormones, but hormones is really, it's important to do every once in a while, but the gut is really something that, ne- that most people never test their gut. And you can't have healthy hormones without a healthy gut. That's why with my clients, I always test the gut first. We do a comprehensive GI, uh, you know, stool test, uh, the GI map, because we have to fix the gut infections before you'll ever have a healthy thyroid or other hormones. And, um, and so that's what I would say would be the most important. And then, um, it is, and then once you get everything in check, those tests are very empowering to just monitor your own health and check in with those and do those. That's so how do you do that? How do you, how do you test your gut? I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a stool test that you take at home. Okay. So they give you all the instructions and stuff. It's not the most glamorous, but it's <laughs> quick and how easy. Do you, what's the, what's the, um, site or product that does that? Uh, well, they don't, you have to have a, you have to have a license to order it. So you have to go through oh, a practitioner. Okay. Uh, so it's not like Everly Well and all of those where you can do a blood okay. test. So you have to go to a doctor and you ask for what? what or, you yeah. It doesn't for? have to be a doctor. It can be someone like me, a nutritionist or a dietitian, okay. a functional dietitian, or you, 
as far as I know, I, I don't think allopathic doctors run this type of, you know, usually if they, they do anything with the gut, they do like, a, they look for structural issues, you know, for polyps and things like that. And they don't, or maybe they run sometimes for like certain parasites, but they don't do a comprehensive GISA, which is like this looking your immune system function, your bacteria levels, whether you, if you have a gluten sensitivity, it's looking at for parasites and H. pylori and vi- viruses. And it's just. So you would go to a functional doctor or nutritionist and ask for a comprehensive GI function. I'm like writing it yeah. down because I, I but need you to know, honestly, so and a good, a good, a good way to determine if, if, if the practitioner is, is good basically mm-hmm. is that that's what they're offering. Yeah. That's where they want to start. I had, um, no one's even uh, like ever this, tested that on me. Right. Well, most doc, so it, I went to a GI gastroenterologist and it was, you know, like during the height of the pandemic, the summer, and I had horrible SIBO. And of course it took me a long time to figure out what SIBO was. And I was doing all this research, trying to figure out if I could get some answers and, and found out that that's what it was. It wasn't through a doctor that I got that diagnosis, but she the only test they did for me was a colonoscopy. And then she said, we can, tr- we can attempt this Rifaxan. And we did that. And then it revealed a candida overgrowth that she refused to even acknowledge as real. Yeah. So they, they will do nothing that, to your point, what you were saying, they, it's just yeah. like, it's for polyps. It's, you know, uh, yeah, it's to rule out like, like pathology. Think about right. it. They're looking for yeah. cancer. They're looking right. for structural right. issues. And that's great. And it's great to have those routine colonoscopies after you get a certain age. But when we have these people having heartburn and then all the doctor wants to give them is protein pump inhibitors, which suppress your stomach acid, which is the worst thing you could possibly be doing for someone. Then they get addicted to it and they've been taking it their whole life and they have osteoporosis and all these issues later down the line. Why don't we test their gut and just figure it out? You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's so easy. You know, I've had, I've, I remember this one 35 year old, uh, a friend of a friend. And he was like, had all these colonoscopies and all these issues. Cause he had such bad heartburn and IBS. And the doctors kept on saying, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. You know, nothing. And I'm like, why don't it just stool tests? Like there is something wrong if you're complaining of this. And they were like, well, just take Prozac or take these, you know, what are the, you know, what are those protein pump inhibitors? Like the standard drugs that Zyrtec, no, not Zyrtec right. allergy. What's the one that Zantax. Zantax. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, just like, that is just such lazy medicine. It's like, let's just silence the symptom and not figure out what is going on. And so the gut is really the best place to start. And when you have a candida, candida is like the third tier. That's like, that's the side effect of bacteria imbalances, possible parasitic infections. And it's not where you, you start treating somebody is with the candida, because if you just treat the candida, that's superficial, it's going to grow right back. If you don't Hmm. get rid of the other imbalances in the gut. That's interesting because that's me. That's my life. I have I have repeated candida overgrowth, and I, I take bet. a, a yeah. fluconazole literally once a week, which to, wow. to manage it. It's yeah. it's like it's and also with diet. Diet does help. Yeah, which yeah. Is where but, you would but, come in. You, exactly, like, but you can be doing all the right things and be frustrated and do all the right things and do a candida diet or all these things, but it's not going to. You're going to hit a plateau. You're never going to go right. anywhere if you don't investigate the other issues. So that, that is a great segue into what you do. Cause I would love to hear a bit about your root cause program and your coaching that you do. So the listener can, can reach out to you. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I love it. I love working with women in this capacity and um, it's a four month program. So, you know, I found over a lot of trial and error and after working with hundreds of clients that you can't Amazon prime your health, unfortunately, <laughs> Everyone wants, you know, like a a quick fix and I still get messages. Oh, can you just do one session? And I just don't do that because it's unrealistic on both practitioner and patient to think that you can get these results when you've been having these health issues for years. Some of these women decades coming to me, we can't fix this in one session. And I want people leaving my program happy. And so that takes about three to four months. And we do the GI map, which is the gut test that we talked about. We do the Dutch hormone test, which is the hormone test I discussed. And we have five sessions over the course of these four months. And we, we tackle every system in the body, you know, the liver neurotransmitters, uh, you know, our estrogen metabolism, we look at um, our blood sugar, you know, diet, all of these things and support the detox pathways and look at everything in unison. And at the same time, they're being empowered themselves because they're learning this new language. They're learning this body literacy. They're learning how to be advocates for their health and understanding what's going on 
maybe learning some propensities that their body has towards certain illnesses or certain, you know, things so that they can be proactive and take care of themselves. And then also, um, just know their bodies better, you know, so to continue out of advocating for themselves so they can be their own health advocates because no one can give you back your health. If someone's advertising like, Hey, I'm going to, that's not possible. No doctor, no nutritionist, no one can give you your health. You have to do that yourself. We're just kind of, it's just a roadmap and we're helping you get there and we're supporting you and we're able right, to run and these it's, tests it's and proactive versus like reactive based on something terrible that could happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I have a question. So you do that over the four months and you evaluate and then based on like all of the data and all the conversations you then what do you prescribe someone like a program? Like what, what, what happens after that? So, well, in the four months working together, it's, it's, you know, we, I first start off with like an initial health session and we make some foundational, you know, uh, recommendations with diet and with exercise and with, um, maybe some targeted supplements or herbs, which I use mm-hmm. therapeutically in my practice, because that's another thing. I see a lot of naturopaths and I see a lot of nutritionists out there just throwing supplements at people. Like right. that's also symptom. Take care a probiotic. <laughs> yeah. And like that, and, and, and that's symptom care relief to just take all of these supplements, just as much as a doctor is prescribing all these pharmaceuticals. So it's like kind of same, same, but different. And so, you know, so therapeutically, you know, maybe I'll be like for 60 days, you need to take the supplement for this, for what we found on this test, like X, Y, Z, we're going to take this supplement for 60 days. Here's why. Um, and then we go over the, the gut testing in the second uh, session and we, I design a protocol for them and they, and I help support them over the, the GI protocol. We have a follow-up session to see how things are going. The fourth session, that's when we go into the hormones because that's fine tuning as much as everyone wants to do the hormones mm, first, because everyone's okay. always so excited about the hormones. It's really the last place to start. That's we're really we're fine tuning things there, and um, and then we have a follow up after that. And then um, and generally, you know, I'm really I pride myself in not having repeat customers because mm-hmm. we're able to get to the root cause. So they love to check in with me. I have my clients to check in like once or twice a year just to so I can go over their their lab, you know, to retest and just see how things are going or get them some support. Um, but really, you know, my goal is to have them have their own wings to fly and just kind of be able to advocate for themselves moving forward. Yeah, That's this amazing. is so eye-opening. Mm-hmm. I need to do this program with you because I've never really looked into my gut because I really haven't, I don't know. I just never thought about it. Like to your point, it was always like, oh, the hormones with the headaches and then this and then that, but it could be my gut. Who knows? I mean, I definitely don't have a regular. If you're having the <laughs> headaches too, I would, I'm, that was my first yeah. thought. And I'm not, I've, I've never been like, regular, as you would say in that department. So, and you know, to be honest, it's not just you, it's every human being on the planet needs a gut test at some point because we're bombarded with pharmaceuticals in our water and our drinking water. We've taken antibiotics growing up, you know, birth control, pollution, pesticides, toxins in our cosmetics. I mean, like our liver needs a tune-up. I mean, our yeah. gut and liver need a tune-up. You know, yeah, we I all need to tune-up. I think that's really important for our listeners too, because I think you hear everywhere gut health, gut health. But I, I actually don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really know that this test you're talking about exists where they can actually, where you can really look deeper into what that means because you hear things like gut health and take this versus like doing these tests to figure yeah. out what you actually need. So I think that's something that everyone should be looking into, including myself. I have a question for you just on a side note, when we're talking about hormones, period, gut health. So I wasn't on birth control. I never took the birth control that the um, OB um, wanted me to. I ended up, and this is not, this wasn't for my hormones, but really just for birth control, getting an IUD, Mm -hmm. um, which is something I wanted since my second kid. And I just like never did it. And I did it um, maybe like a year ago. Do you think that that's like, what are your thoughts on that? I know like the Mm -hmm. hormones are less and whatever, but it's, it's, it's a little, I was saying this to Katie, it's a little hard to track your period, because I can kind of tell like I'm in like what's week I'm in just based on how I feel, but you don't really have that definitive. Cause there's nothing, you don't really get your period. Yeah. Or maybe you just get like a wipe of something and you're like, Oh, I guess that's my period, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit harder to track. So kind of what are your thoughts there? And like, how does that relate to getting this gut test and all of that? Yeah. So the IUD, do you have a copper IUD? Do you have, you have the hormone, like the Skylar, the Kaylee? 
Um, I forgot what it's Marina. called. It's not Morena, but it's like a newer version of that. The key is it the Kaylee Keely? I'll tell you what it's called. Know. I actually have it anyway, right did, here. Just quick question: did, did your did your headaches start around then, or before, were they already happening before that? Oh, they were happening way before. Okay. I, I just got this recently. My headaches, um, I've had probably for five years, and then okay. this I got just recently, more so from like a birth control. Um, Laletta, that's what Laletta, it's called. Okay, they're always these like you, you know, sweet girls' names to make you them know. sound so like. I know. Right. So first of all, having less hormones is still the same thing as having some hormones. It's like drinking half a cup of poison versus a full cup. And I'm okay. not saying birth control is hormones and synthetic hormones. Well, synthetic hormones are kind of they're an endocrine disruptor. That's what they are. They're a hormone disruptor. Um, and so it basically, it's not like. They'll be like, this is a low hormone to make it sound better. It's the same, same. So an and IUD also, and birth control is essentially the same. Well, it's, it, it, it is, and it, it, it the mean, low the dose, the low dose pills and the, and the low dose IUD. Yeah. Same yeah, yeah. the same way. Okay. And then, and then the IUDs, the other myth that doctors always used to say, and still say today, which I don't understand how someone who went through eight years of education and then a fellowship can still say this, that's because it's in the uterus, it's localized. It's localized hormones. It doesn't spread anywhere else in your body. Exactly. That's what they told me. It's exactly it's, what they said. That's the biggest BS. And I've been saying this for a decade and then actually not a decade, like seven years. And um, finally we got validation. There was an uh, article in some science journal that came out in December of 2021 that was saying, oh, we found out that the hormones are actually systemic. They spread systemically. Yeah. And here's this MRI of this woman's breast to prove it and yada, yada, yada but women's symptoms are being dismissed for so long that we're saying like, I'm having all these issues. I know, but the hormones are local in IUD. So they're not local. They they spread. Yeah. It really is because like, let's, it goes into your bloodstream. So they should know better because they're freaking doctors. They know how the body works. Um, and so, uh, so it is, it is low, it is systemic in, in the body. Now I will like, it's one thing I like about the IUD. I mean, I, I, out of all of the birth control methods. One of the reasons, one of the pros of the IUD is that, um, you still ovulate or may ovulate, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of women don't because of the inflammation from the IUD, but ovulation is really what we want to be doing. The ovulation is how we make progesterone. Progesterone is what we need for heart health, bone health, um, thyroid health, healthy, healthy mood. And when we don't ovulate, we don't make that. And so that's really important that we make that. So with the IUD, you have a chance of ovulating, even though you're not having a period, you're not seeing blood. Mm-hmm. What you can do is you can track your cycle by taking your basal body temperature. And mm-hmm. then when you, uh, and that's one of the fertility signs that we use in the fertility awareness method, which is my form of birth control that's hormone free. Mm-hmm. And um, I know after my temperature spiked and it's remained elevated for three days that I've ovulated. I yeah. also observed my cervical fluid. So it did, wouldn't matter if I had a period or not. Cause once you ovulate, you will start your period within 14 days or you're pregnant. It's coming yeah. or you're right. pregnant. So right. then you kind of know, okay, I ovulated my temperature spikes. I ovulated. And then you also kind of feel it, you know, sometimes people have, yeah. like, you know, a little, but, but you may not also be ovulating on the, on the IUD. I have a lot of clients who haven't ovulated on the IUD. Um, now with the gut, the IUDs have been shown to co- create imbalances in the gut, especially with uh, candida overgrowth. So that also can happen. Not always, but that can happen. So, Interesting. Um, but it's kind of with the birth control pill and hormonal birth control is pick your poison. Like what, that's why I'm like, which one is so that I, you know, I gave a while back and I still have it on my website. I have a free birth control masterclass. I mean, you can go on my website and watch it now. It's like 45 minutes and it breaks down every single type of birth control hormone and mm. hormone free oh, pros helpful. and cons of each unbiased, not non-judgmental. Um, and it's really just kind of pick because what's right for you might not be right for me and might not be right for, you know, your friend. So it's like, it's, we all have different needs and different, we're in different places in our lives. And so that's why I'm all about informed consent. So instead Mm -hmm. of just being told, this is what you need, these are your options and here's the pros and cons. And now you are, you are a grown ass adult. Why don't you go home, think about it, make a decision and choose for yourself. And with, now that you have all the information present and that's not, that's not happening in medicine. That's not happening with most female patients today. 
I love, I love everything that you're doing, what you're offering and how you're healing women and what you're just bringing to the forefront. These women's mm-hmm. issues are so hush hush in so many cultures. I mean, even just the fact that like, this was the first time I mentioned that I had a hysterectomy and I was embarrassed about it. Like there's no reason for that, you know? Yeah. So the awareness that you're spreading and teaching these women to self-advocate and uh, everything you're doing is it's just, it's really phenomenal. And we're, we're so grateful to have you. And I know our listeners are going to learn a lot and potentially you're going to really um, help some of them just from an episode. So yeah. And you're, by the way, I love your Instagram and I love all the videos you do. They're so helpful um, for our listeners. If you check out her Instagram page, it's um, it's at the period guru, the period guru. And you've got all these great videos, just like little bits of information that are super helpful about diet and lifestyle and hormones. So anyway, I love it. So good job. Thank on you. That. Yeah. I yeah, appreciate really that. Good. It's really helpful. And we'll share it. We'll share it on our pages. Yeah. Yeah. And how can our listener find you? Is it your website? Just is yeah. That so on Instagram at the period guru and my website is Jenna Longoria.com. Uh, so those are great places. I have so many free resources. I really do. I have tons of free resources on the website. I've got a pain-free period book. I've got a, um, ebook. I've got a period solutions masterclass, a birth control recording. So pick your, pick your jam and nice. <laughs> I've got a period in, quiz. <laughs> in terms of your program, if our listeners want to sign up with, uh, for your program mm-hmm. and you do it virtually, I know you're based in Amsterdam, but do you, yeah. can you work with anyone? Yeah, I work online and I actually only do enrollment twice a year. So I'm currently, okay. my enrollment starts hint, hint, actually next week. Oh, um, I don't know when this podcast is going out, but I enroll in the spring, early spring. And I enroll in the, in, uh, in the fall enrollment period is usually two or three weeks or whenever the spots fill up. I work with 11 women because it is a four month program. So I can only see a certain amount of women each enrollment period. So there are options out there. That's great. All right. So let's hit our wrap session really quickly because uh, I have a feeling you have some, some good ones for us. So just a few questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How, what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack for me? the lemon water first thing in the morning, I couldn't imagine starting my day without 16 ounces of warm lemon water. And I put a little bit of sea salt in there. Um, that just, I mean, hydrates you, makes your skin look great, great for the liver and detoxing, you know, toxins away from the body, endotoxins, hormones. And yeah, I think that would be probably be my wellness hack would be the lemon water. That's a good one. And I've read that that's good for your gut too. It kind of, absolutely. To get moving. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it helps with motility. So in the morning it gets things moving and it helps stimulate the liver. It helps make your bile not because our bile that uh, our gallbladder releases to break down fats sometimes can get kind of sludgy and then it can't do its job. And the lemon water can make it kind of thinner and consistency. So it's kind of, and it's just, and, and, yeah, and, and you're hydrating. And the what sea salt, the, salt the sea salt is, has, um, you know, minerals in it, like sodium and potassium, which a lot of us are deficient in. So I always recommend people add a quarter teaspoon of sea salt to every liter of water to remineralize, remineralize. Um, so I do that first thing in the morning with like a little bit of sea salt and lemon, a half a lemon squeezed and 16 ounces of warm water first thing in the morning. Yeah. I need to try that. All right. So this is what we call your five minute flow. You just got out of the shower and dry it off. Uber. They do have Uber in in Amsterdam. Yes. 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 (laughs) Uber just alerted you and they're five minutes away. What are you going to do? What's your Holy grail as your go-to your routine to, to, to get out the door and get into that Uber in five minutes? Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, usually I, well, I'll go to the bathroom one last time before I get to the Uber. (laughs) Always important. Yeah. And, um, I guess, I don't know, like make sure I have everything in my purse. I guess that would be the thing. Make sure I have like my chapstick and my phone and all of that jazz. And yeah. And then I'm always running late. So forgetting something and then coming back inside to go get that thing, taking (laughs) off my shoes and then getting that thing and then putting my shoes back on. And that would be it. Yeah. That's great. That's (laughs) all right. And last one, how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Oh man. Uh, meditation. Absolutely. I I love to meditate first thing in the morning and I have a, a, this infrared near infrared red light. And I sit in front of that lamp, Mm. um, while I meditate and that really just helps me just start the day and just ground and add some present, you know, just kind of calm my nervous system. I love that. What what brand red light do you have? I'm looking into getting one. Yeah. I like the bio light. Uh, it's not 
advertise that much. And mm-hmm. so then you don't pay all the, like the price yeah. for the advertisements and stuff <laughs> of other companies. So yeah. I really, yeah, I like the BioLite. That's a good one. Okay. Nice. Good to know. Good to know. Great. Noted. So thank you so much for being on our show, Jenna. This was amazing. I learned so much. Thank you for answering all of my <laughs> detailed questions, but I think <laughs> I'm not alone in saying that, you know, we all need to be more educated and I think this will be so helpful for our listeners. So thank you so much for coming in the show. We definitely will probably want to have you back for a second round of questions. I'm sure our listeners will have a lot of questions for you. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. And I will kick it to Katie. We always like to end with a mantra to set the tone. Yes. Thanks, Amy. And thank you, Jenna. This was such an illuminating session. So it's very exciting. All right. Our mantra for this week. Everything I am going through is planting something valuable in me. I think that is a really powerful one and so hard to remember when you are going through things, but Mm. yeah, just uh, repeat that when needed. So yes. Good one. Yeah. All right. So thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye. Bye.